In this episode, we're going to talk about depression, stress, anxiety, and how it affects your craft. Hi, I'm Leandra Witchwood, and welcome to The Magic Kitchen, where we explore magic, recipes, herbs, rituals, and everything in between. Join me as we practice the old ways in a modern world. So we all have issues with stress, anxiety, and depression at time to time. And there are many ways of defining it. And some of the more, there's more clinical terms and there's more everyday terms. And today I am going to introduce to you Elise Wells, and she's a good friend of mine who is going to sit with me and have conversations about tough topics like this. So Elise, if you want to tell us a little bit about you and... Hi, my name is Elise Wells. I was a solo practitioner for about seven years after I graduated high school and throughout high school. I've read a lot of books and about two years ago, I started studying with Spiral Sojourn, which is a sister coven to Indigo Hearth, Leandra's coven. So we met through that and I'm really excited to be here today and kind of share what I've learned over my years and bring some insight into hopefully what you might need and you might experience. Yeah, I, I love this because I think there's also like a generational gap between us because, but we, you know, it, it seems seamless. Like, yeah. <laughs> we both have a different perspective of everything, of magic. Um, you come from a Greek background, which I think is freaking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a very different idea, not an idea, but perspective of what maybe traditional Americans would see with the, the Greek pantheon and, and language and that sort of thing. And I, I, I totally dig that. So I hope that everyone listening can really, you know, dig in with us because we're going to talk about some tough subjects together. Um, we've already touched on a few tough things. And I think this episode is going to be one of those things because depression, stress, anxiety, it hits us all. We all get into that funk every once in a while. But sometimes, you know, how do we know when that funk is no longer just a passing couple of days, it becomes a way of life. And when that happens, it really affects your craft. It, it damages it in a way because it's changing you. It's changing the way you show up in the world and the way your energy shows up in the world. So I think that's going to be some inter- interesting points to touch on as we talk today. I want to define for you the clinical term of depression. So clinical depression, which is the severe kind, the kind that needs to be managed, and either with a counselor or medication, both preferably, it's a mental health disorder characterized by persistently depressed mood or loss of interest in activities, causing significant impairment in daily life. And of course, non-clinical versions of this can happen too. We can, you know, just feel like we don't want to do anything, see anything. We don't want to see anybody. We don't talk to anybody. (laughs) We don't want to do a damn thing for a couple of days. And then it goes away. It passes, right? But when it's something that doesn't pass, that's when we need to pay a closer attention to it and engage in that self-care. And and I, I personally believe that self-care includes not only taking that bubble bath or the getting the mani-pedi or taking the spa day, but also seeing that licensed therapist, you know, yeah, doing the things that they recommend, you know, maybe regular counseling, maybe it is a medication you have to take. And until you can get to a place where you don't need the medication anymore, or you're managing yourself on your own. And especially 2020, <laughs> I think it's been the great revealer, hasn't it? Just Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's amazing how much we have learned about ourselves this year and learned about our collectiveness. And I, I talk about the collective shadow because we see it. We see it in racism. We see it in the system, systemic issues I- I every day. The yep. idea that the rich are privileged while the poor person struggles every day working 60 hours a week just to pay the rent. 
And that imbalance in itself can create its own anxiety, depression, and a sense of chaos. Yeah. Which can breed that listlessness, mm. that leth- lethargy, that mm-hmm. sloth-like feeling where you don't want to move and you don't want to do anything. Absolutely. And that's almost the hardest part of depression, anxiety, is that we can't always remove ourselves from the environments we're in. And so that's where self-care and shadow work can bring in definitely a little bit more understanding of yourself and therefore an understanding of your situation. Yeah. And that shadow work, I'm glad you brought that up. And I've been working deep in the shadow for the past few years. And I'm developing a course right now. It'll come out later this year on shadow mastery and, and working on that shadow within. And what I have come to learn is that when I don't address my shadow, if I don't address, address my insecurities, my mm-hmm. resistances, my triggers, if I don't address them and treat them as if they were a living being, a living entity, an energy form of their own, then they take over because they want attention. They need attention. And it's the respect we have to have for those parts of ourselves. I heard from somebody wiser than me one time who said, if we don't regret our past actions, if we're not a little bit embarrassed of our past selves, we're not growing. That's right. Yeah. And growth is... The necessity of leaving parts of yourself behind. But that doesn't mean we don't love those parts, that we didn't love them in those moments. Mm -hmm. And any regrets we have shouldn't be holding us back. They should be viewed in full and respected for what they were, your decisions at that time. And understanding how you got there can help you move forward from there. Good point. And it strengthens us. If we can look back and say, okay, I screwed up here. (laughs) I wasn't my best version of myself at at this point in my time at this point in my timeline but look back and go okay so if I encounter something similar I know how to change it I know how to change the way I react to it and that really goes into why self-care and shadow work Mm -hmm. are almost the same thing because anytime we're delving into our past negative or positive Mm -hmm. or we're looking at our future for the actionable goals we set we have to remind ourselves that we are valuable yeah, absolutely. And going a little bit back um, to how this affects your craft, if you're scattered, if you are unsure of yourself, if, you're, if your energy reserves are depressed, and I'm not saying that you are depressed, but if you feel like you just don't have... Drained. Yeah, you're drained. You don't feel like you have the, the motivation, or you do have motivation, but you don't have the energy to just do something. That's... When I start getting into that that funk, and this, I'm going to lead you into a story that this happened to me this morning because today is a very busy day. I have um, the tea house has over 2,000 teas that need to be packaged and shipped by the end of the month. Um, I have a friend who went through some major surgery. You're a priestess, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and she, I haven't seen her in weeks. So we finally decided that we're going to get together tonight and we're going to have a dinner with only the extremely close friends, which that makes me nervous still, even though I know where they've been. I know that necessarily, I know that they're safe. (laughs) It's still thinking of this whole COVID virus thing. It makes me nervous. So here I'm running around this morning, trying to do general chores around the house and, uh, you know, getting my daughter to work and all this stuff. And I'm thinking like, I should just cancel. I need to cancel everything. And that was my anxiety kicking in yeah. <laughs> because it, for whatever reason, I was talking myself into a spiral, a downward spiral, down, downward spiral. See, I can't talk today. <laughs> it's all right. We'll get through this. Um, but that's how it starts. I think when we start talking ourselves into a downward spiral, then we, it'll become a habit. Yeah. And if that and that habit continues, then we start disconnecting ourselves from people who support us. We start disconnecting ourselves from the energies that support us. And then we started to the depressive state where then we're like, well, what's the point? Why am I doing this? There's no point in it. I'm, I'm not manifesting anything. Well, the truth is you are. You're manifesting plenty. Yeah. Just not what you <laughs> not wanted what to manifest. what you're manage. looking for. <laughs> not what you're looking for. So, yeah. So I'm sitting there in the shower this morning thinking like, what is, what am I doing? I know better. I have all this training under my belt. I have neuro-linguistic programming training. I have a basic uh, counseling training. I have (laughs) Reiki training. I have all this 
training under my belt. And here I am still talking myself into a downward spiral. It's, it's a human thing. And it's not something to be ashamed of. Mm-hmm. But it is something to recognize. And I think once we recognize it, we can pull ourselves out of it and say, no, 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 that's not how it's going to work. So, you know, long story short, I got the work done I needed to get done. I'm sitting here with Elise and we're doing this. And later I will go have that dinner with a friend. And I know I'll be safe because I know that they're safe. And I, I won't keep talking myself out of it. And I would venture to say you will probably leave even more refreshed than you felt absolutely, this morning. Significantly absolutely. more. Absolutely. And that's and that's usually how it works. Like we like, okay, we talk ourselves out of the going to the gym, right? Or oh, yeah. exercising. But how good do we feel after we leave the gym or after we're done taking a nice brisk walk or spending time in nature? For whatever reason, we talk ourselves out of these positive things. And the more we do that, the more we just anchor ourselves into this potential depressive state and a state of anxiety and stress. Okay, so now let's take a look at the importance of self-care. And for me, part of this, you know, like we talked a little bit about, you know, taking the bubble bath or the mani-pedi, you know, go taking that saltwater soak, which I love, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Get me those. some Epsom salts oh any gosh. day. No, no, no. Go go to the, like, the pools where they... Oh, just, yes, now we're talking. About, yeah, like the bala soaks, yes. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> sorry, off topic. <laughs> but um, I think part of self-care is reminding yourself... And surrounding yourself with people who treat you like you're valuable. Yeah. And reminding yourself that you're valuable. That you're not something that's, you're not insignificant in this world. Mm -hmm. You matter. And I think that's what happens to a lot of us when we hit that downward spiral. We somehow believe that we're not worthy. Yeah. That we're not good enough. And that's bullshit. Yep. Every time. (laughs) And um, managing that self-talk. That inner mean girl, I've mm-hmm. always refer- referenced her as that because she's a bitch. Yeah. And she will tell you every nasty thing that you know isn't true, but she will reiterate and repeat it enough that you start to believe it. So if we don't, you know, put the muzzle on her quickly, <laughs> she can run away. <laughs> and something I've found with that inner voice is how can I communicate back with her? So... I, I like to think of any insecurities I have as having a reason. I, I don't think I came up with them out of the womb. So I try and look back and almost source that. And maybe that's the shadow work. And mm. part of understanding yourself is opening up doors to things that you might not want to remember. Mm. But once you've worked through that, and this doesn't have to be a big to-do. It could be a journal entry for yourself. Mm. It could be meditative practices. It could be a conversation with your therapist. It could be a conversation with your closest friend or loved one. Mm. But doing this for yourself, understanding why you have those insecurities can help you shoot them down faster the next time. And that's where finding people around you that can influence you positively and inspire you. You should always feel better after spending time with somebody than you did when you started to. Yes, yes. And I think we're going to do a whole other uh, podcast on energy vampires. But there are certain people... Pay attention to how you leave. If you mm-hmm. leave them with a headache or you feel tired, you mm-hmm. feel lethargic, you feel run down or like depressed, yeah, then there's chances are you have an energy vampire in your midst and you should probably limit your time with them or get really, really good at protecting yourself. Yeah. Um, so some of the techniques I use... And I, I did this this morning in the shower. <laughs> I was, you know, giving myself the ration of shit that I shouldn't have. <laughs> you know, I stopped. And here's here's a good technique. So stop and ask yourself why. Why am I saying this to myself? How is this valid? And what what rational ways are these points that I'm lashing out against myself valid? And for me, it was I... I, I am feeling overwhelmed right now because I've got so much going on, but I still have to remind myself that I'm the master of my energy. And that to me, that is a huge part of being a witch is you are the master of energy. If you can't master energy, then you can't, you can't yeah, do witchcraft. That, that is witchcraft. It is. <laughs> it's all energy. And 
so for me, it was about asking myself those pointed questions. Why am I like this? And and as a kitchen witch, this comes up in the kitchen. We were having the conversation mm-hmm. of how people get stressed out in the kitchen. First of all, for me, everybody out. I'm the only one in the kitchen. Get out because that's how I have to work. Well, plus, my kitchen is tiny. You saw it. It's yeah, teeny. mine too. <laughs> so too many people in the kitchen becomes overwhelming. And like seriously, when you open up my my dishwasher door to put dishes in or take them out, like it literally takes up the whole floor. So <laughs> you're literally like squeezing yourself around trying to put dishes away. So there's no room for anybody. Except me. So I think for me to beat the overwhelm and beat the depression, the the anxiety in the kitchen is like, I have to be the only one in there. I have to be incredibly organized. I even have a prep deck. I don't know if you know what those are, but they are, <laughs> they're fun because they keep you organized. So the, that's what I have to do. I have to get the things in order that keep me in line, that keep me organized, keep things out of the way. So that I don't have that anxious rolling in my head and, and the downward spiral where I'm like, oh, my God, we're not doing this. We're just going to boil pasta and that's it. That's all you're yeah. getting for dinner, you know. <laughs> but if you want to you perform magic in the kitchen, you have to be focused. Mm-hmm. You and that space to. has to be clean. Not necessarily physically, no. maybe, hopefully. but It doesn't have to be spotless. It doesn't have yeah. to be perfect. It has to be workable. Mm-hmm. And if you can't work because it's so messy – or you can't work because you can't find anything, you got an issue. So getting yourself organized, getting yourself focused, it'll help with all that. And I know a lot of people have issues when it comes to cooking. It's like, I can't cook. I can't follow a recipe. I don't know what I'm doing. And I think that's where it comes into managing that inner self-talk because you can follow a recipe. You can follow instructions. Almost Mm -hmm. everybody can do that unless you have a major disability that prevents that. But then I don't think you're going to be in the kitchen cooking for yourself necessarily. Yeah. Um, But then, you know, there's some people that have a knack for like, they can just look at a bunch of ingredients and throw something together. It's great. But not everybody has that. I don't have that ability. (laughs) I think for me, my kitchen magic happens when uh, it's spontaneous, when my, Mm. my energy needs it more than... I want to do it, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. So my kitchen altar, if you want to call it that, it's mm-hmm. nothing fancy. I've got a candle for the goddess and the god. I've got an intention candle. So when I'm trying something new, I like to light that and ask a little blessing on it, hoping mm-hmm. it turns out well. Or if if I'm looking for an intent with what I'm creating, whether that's actually cooking it or just rejarring my spices – putting that extra mindfulness into my organization structure or whatever I'm doing in the kitchen that day, it has its own magic to it that can be very energizing. So another part of self-care I think would be forgiving yourself if the ritual isn't what you plan or if you didn't plan it at all. Yes, yes, yes. You don't have to bleach the floors and floorboards to start. The goddess won't be offended. It's what you bring to the table and when you Come to her. What what does she say in the charge? Whenever you have need of anything, mm-hmm. so it's not always a beautiful presentation. It's it it's a communication, and I, and I think that's another misconception that bleeds into that anxiety aspect. Is we're too busy comparing ourselves, and yeah, I talked about this in my in, in episode three, getting unstuck. Is when we compare ourselves too closely to others, it's not a fair representation because. Good example here. Elise and I follow very different paths. She follows the read. I do not. But that's okay. You know, if it works for her, it works for her. It doesn't work for me. Fine. I don't need it. Right? It, yep. You don't have to. That's a wonderful thing about witchcraft and paganism is that there's no cookie cutter. Yep. Fixed thing. And so when you're following these people on Instagram or. Or TikTok. My goodness. <laughs> so addicted to TikTok. I love it. <laughs> and I'm not much of a creator on it. I'm like, a, I'm like, oh, I'll like your stuff. I'll share your stuff, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. But no, like you see all these pristine altars. Yeah. You see these well-organized things. And that's all show. Like, please understand that is all show. They are mm-hmm. putting their best face forward because they don't want to, they're, they're afraid to yeah. look messy. They're afraid to show you what really happens. And I mean, we're, I'm looking at my altar right behind me right now. And it's, it literally is blocked by about 20 pounds of herbs and <laughs> I can't really get to it. So literally right now, when I do my daily rituals, I can light one candle and that's it. And that's fine. 
but I'm the the point is to make that effort. Yeah. To put forth the intention and the gratitude and the purpose of connecting with the divine and connecting with your intention every day. And just light that candle or put on that oil or light the incense or pour out some of your cocktail that you made that night or your beer or whatever. It's just simple acts. It doesn't have to be enormous. It doesn't have to be pristine. It doesn't have to be something. No pageantry required. Yes. Thank you. Now let's dive into some management techniques. And there are so many ways, so, so many ways you can utilize in your life so many techniques that will help you manage that inner talk, that anxiety level, the depressive waves. And I think one of the things that I like to stress when talking about depression, anxiety, stress, happiness even, all of it is temporary. Yeah. None of it is, is permanent unless you choose to make it permanent. Mm-hmm. And I like to, the people I, I teach in, the, in my coven, I like to teach the idea of working towards f- fulfillment rather than happiness. Because mm. I think happiness is that fleeting emotional state that we're, that we're, it's so obscure. Yeah. It's that. We know the feeling of it, and we're chasing that, that feeling, yeah. the high almost, like, like the a dopamine hit. Yeah, yeah, it's like a balloon that, that got yeah. away from the child, and you're trying to chase it up in the sky. Mm-hmm. Where if you're more fulfilled, you're you're happier just by proxy. Yeah. And you don't have to search for ways to be happy because you're living your life in an authentic way mm-hmm. that breeds happiness on its own. And that does not ever mean... I'm going to talk about this a little bit because we didn't talk about it before, but that toxic positivity mindset. Yeah. We were just talking about this with our coven and how damaging it really is. Um, One of my coven sisters, her little boy came home crying because everybody was telling him just to be happy and just to smile. Mm. We're in a very stressful time right now. Not that it's any more stressful than maybe any other time in the world because there's always war there's always strife there's always disagreements there's always political tug of wars going on but i think 2020 and now bleeding into 2021 it's affecting our children more than ever yeah and i know being a mother of a young son who our, our sons are the same age i know how it is to see my son upset about what's going on in the world and the people it affects and the people that the virus kills and and the families it harms. And I can see it weighing on him, but I'm never going to tell him, Oh, just suck it up and be happy. I'm going to let that. I'm going to let that feeling roll through him. Yeah. I'm going to let him feel it. I'm going to let him express it. Give your feelings their space that they need. Absolutely. Because that is part of our authenticity. We are not just love and light and happiness. We are darkness. We are, I'm just getting the chills. Somebody's giving me confirmation on that one. (laughs) But, you know, we are, we're more than the sum of the best parts of us. Mm -hmm. And if we do not have the, I guess, less desirable ones, but think about it in our ancient, in our ancestry, our, our ancestors understood that balance. Mm -hmm. They understood the need to be happy and sad because you can't, appreciate happy without sad and you can't grow without a little bit of sadness or a little bit of darkness or a little bit of strife. That friction is what makes us better. Yeah. Forces us to grow. We can't grow in our little happy bubble. Getting back on track (laughs) talking about techniques for um, dealing with depression, anxiety, and stress is when we feel more fulfilled and we take steps to help prop up our sense of being, being fulfilled, like, like a pyramid, you know? Yeah. Um, then we have a better chance of rolling through it quicker. And I, I speak from experience because I was a different person 10 years ago. Then I started doing my shadow work. I started working on, I started rolling around in that deep, muddy blackness that is what we're taught to ignore and shove away and sweep under the rug. Yeah. Bottle it up. You, I, I grew up the same way. Like everybody like, Oh, you know, you're such a pretty girl smile. And I'm like, "Mm -hmm." yeah, (laughs) I don't want to. It's about managing those dark 
shades and recognizing them as the energy that they are because we are the sum of our whole. Yeah. And to be authentic, we have to recognize that. So let's talk a little bit about meditation and how you can use, you can use meditation every day. And there's so many ways So you go on YouTube and find 101 meditations for any one subject. Mm -hmm. Um, There's great apps out there. Do you use any specific meditation techniques or? Well, I use Spotify. I have Mm -hmm. a playlist of my favorite um, instrumentals that I found. I personally like singing bowls, Tibetan singing bowls, and mostly just instrumentals to meditate to. But the visual aspect can help a lot. Mm -hmm. If you have a meditation you find written, you can record that on your phone. Yes. Listen to your own voice yes. and meditate to it. If you're not a fan of your own voice, find someone to record it for you. Absolutely. <laughs> or find a pre-recorded one. Yeah. Well, there, and there's apps like I use Deep Meditate on my phone. Um, but I think even like Fitbit now. Oh, has really? Whole library of their own meditations and mindfulness exercises and stuff. So like this is really not scarce anymore. It's yeah. so available to everybody. And if you just take, it doesn't have to be an hour. I know like people get this mindset of meditation where they think that meditation is this thing where you get to sit still, sit quiet, don't think about anything for like two hours. That's yeah. not true. <laughs> a walking meditation. Um, I, I, at one, at a previous, you know, previous chapter in my life, I was a labyrinth facilitator. So I was trained to build them and walk people through them. That's and awesome. I sometimes still do them. So um, I might do them at the sacred grove when we're able to, you know, come together again. But it's an it's an amazing experience because you're walking and not thinking, but you are thinking, and you're going into the labyrinth like a womb. It's it's regenerative, and then you come out and you're rebirthing yourself. So it's one of those magical experiences. But all you're doing is walking. Yeah, and you come out refreshed, and you're feeling more energized. And that's I think that's the point of meditation. Is yeah, whatever type you choose, whether it's five minutes or fifty minutes, or walking or sitting or bicycling or you're knitting or sewing, mm-hmm. you need to come out of that meditation feeling different than when you went in yeah. into the meditation. And you should know what you want to feel. Mm-hmm. And usually that is an alleviation of stress, an alleviation of yeah. jitters, anxiety. Feel a little bit lighter. Yeah. And a meditation has its intent, like we just were talking about. And no matter how you get there in your meditation, that's what matters. Mm-hmm. And it's like a muscle almost yes. where you have to – you can't plank for a minute straight if you start from nothing. Heck no. <laughs> so you can't meditate for an hour straight if you oh, start from nothing. Absolutely. So get yourself where you need to go. And I've heard people say, I can't meditate. I have ADHD, so I can't meditate. Maybe you can't sit there and do nothing, but you can walking, meditate. Mm -hmm. You can have a fidget spinner in Mm -hmm. your hand while you meditate. Mm -hmm. Um, Deepak Chopra has a meditation structure. I read it in one of his books. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you can count on your fingers, Mm -hmm. which I highly encourage you to Google Deepak Chopra's finger meditation mm-hmm. because that really focuses your hands and lets your brain mm-hmm. relax. When there's a breathing meditation and you have breathe, you can I want you to share. Yeah. But there's a breathing technique it's a yogi I believe it's a yogi ne- technique where you're breathing into your body. So you're literally taking a breath but you're like pushing that breath up against your spine. So you're physically moving your abdomen and you're physically moving that breath from your root chakra and you're starting to move it up and you hold it and it's a workout like this is not you know your passive (laughs) meditation but it's a it you draw that breath in to where you're not you're not uncomfortable and then you start moving that breath you start imagining it and actually physically moving it within your lungs down and up and then up and down and it's an interesting technique um i don't know the name of it so if anybody out there (laughs) <laughs> knows the name of that technique, you know, please share that with us. And um, I've done it a few times and like, it's, it's interesting and it, you feel very different afterward. And I'm going to try that. Yeah. I think it's part of a Kundalini practice. If, yeah. If I'm remembering correctly. So you share, share your breathing techniques with us. I'm curious. So I often find myself in situations where I need to calm down emotionally, but I don't have the freedom to leave. I actually teach. (laughs) So when I'm around students, there's been times pre-coronavirus where Mm. I've taught classes of over 55. Um, And in those moments, it can get very overwhelming. And 
these are some breathing techniques that I do that no one knows I'm doing. They're not even really specific to witchcraft. You can recommend these to your friends and family of any faith. But the first one is called square breathing. So in square breathing, you breathe in for four, hold for four, and breathe out for four. And it's most effective if you do it three, maybe four times. If you know, if you have cystic fibrosis, if you have sensitive lungs and four is too long, you can do two, you can do three, know your strengths in your body. But having that effect of holding it actually pushes the oxygen into your brain. It allows your brain to get what it needs. And anytime we feel any stress, depression, anxiety, it's our brain that needs the oxygen. It's our brain that's fighting it for us. So feeding it, giving it that moment of oxygen is really good. And the other kind of breathing I do is circular breathing. Again, no one knows I'm doing it. You breathe in for a given count. I do eight. Sometimes if I'm very stressed, I have to start low and I do six. (laughs) And instead of holding this time, you go back out for the same count. Mm. So it regulates your breathing. If you're prone to panic attacks, if you're prone to hyperventilating, like I have been in the past, these techniques have helped me never reach that state. I can preemptively feel within myself when I'm hitting that that threshold. And it goes back to that mindfulness where you recognize yeah. where you're at in your mind and, and your in- energy level. You have to build that relationship with your energy. Mm-hmm. Your energy is almost a different part of you. It's like you can feed your brain with a book, but you also have to feed your body with exercise. It's the same with your craft. You have to feed your energy, not just use it yes. for magic or yeah intention setting well and and ancient belief that we have different energy bodies or different bodies so we have our energy body we have our psychic body we have our physical body we have our emotional body yeah and in in shadow work since we've been talking about it we even have a shadow body and some people are able to see that shadow body in if you're adept at the, the practice and you can see that shadow figure you can see that shadow so it makes sense that we could sense our energy body too in other ways yeah. and you know not just sense it but communicate with it and have it help direct us in what we need to do and where we need to go yeah and that's how we get that communication up is again exercising it mm-hmm. practicing it and whether that shadow work is two minutes of square breathing on your drive to work mm-hmm. or 20 minutes of meditation at home it's it's practical for building that relationship yeah. and it will serve you for the rest of your life. Absolutely. And to take it further, if you, you know, maybe incorporate um, techniques like neurolinguistic programming, NLP. Um, I've studied this for a while. I hold a diploma in the practice and this helps really kind of change the whole narrative. So the idea of neurolinguistic programming is you go into a place in your mind that is connected to the outside physical world. So you say you're feeling anxious about a meeting that you're going to, and you don't want to deal with the people there. They are mean or they're judgmental, whatever it is. And so you're having trouble getting the courage to go to this meeting and do what you need to do. So what I would do as a neurolinguistic director, I would take you into a place that is relaxing that's serene. And I would maybe set up a visual for you so that you um, see your strengths. And then I might have you touch a part of your, your hand or do EFT tapping so that when you are in that situation, all you do is you do the tapping or you touch your hand in a certain way. It takes you back to that place and it reminds you, yeah, it's really cool stuff. And it reminds you of your strengths. It reminds you of the relaxed feeling you need. It reminds you of who you need to be in that p- particular situation so that you can get through it in a positive way. Wow, that's really cool. And I know there are uh, YouTube again. I know yeah. there are videos and stuff that will take you through minor forms of it. So that's another option. Hmm. Yeah, I do that slightly with my own meditations. If there's a place I've been to that I had a specific you know the feeling when you have that draw to it, mm-hmm. that comfortable, homey feeling. That yeah. It's just comfort. It's comforting to be there. I try and bring myself back to that. If yes. I have a picture of that place, I'll use that as a visual. Yes. If I have music that mm-hmm. I heard while I was there, yeah. I'll try to listen to that. 
And you're doing that instinctually, so I think... Yeah, I didn't know anything about NLP. That's so cool. (laughs) And I think a lot of us have that already. We already have that instinctual knowing that leads us to balance. But I think in our hectic lives, we have a tendency to to push it aside or, oh, that's not logical, so I'm not going to pay attention to it, when it really is logical. And a lot of time in, in shamanistic work, the illogical, the crazy, is what makes sense. It brings us to the understanding. It brings us to balance and and normalcy. But we're too busy dismissing it because in our culture, we're taught that's nuts. That's crazy. That's stupid talk or whatever. Which, speaking of culture, that's something I learned. So I grew up in America here, but my dad is Greek, so and I hold dual citizenship. So I go to Greece normally every year. I missed it during Corona, so I haven't been for since last January. But... In Greece, so much of the culture is spiritual. Mm. It's fairly assumed that you're Greek Orthodox there. You get a Greek Orthodox birth certificate from your church, usually before the hospital. And so there's an element of Christianity, but so much of what they practice in Christianity is ancient Mm. spiritual wisdom. The evil eye is a big one. If you've seen blue eyes with white and black centers hanging on doors or drawn on cars, those are used throughout the Middle East, they're used in Israel, they're used in Greece, Turkey, and it's a way of warding off negative energy, mm-hmm. which is something we do as witches, something I grew up with, so yeah, it took me a yeah. while to connect <laughs> that it could be the same origin. But think of your own spiritual centers. If you have a connection to a different heritage, think about maybe how they mm. reflect on how do, do they have a shadow self that they yeah. interact with? Is yeah. that something in your heritage? Or maybe it's even closer than heritage for you. Maybe it's a place you've moved to that's new to you. See if maybe you were called there yeah. for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, yeah, I love that because I don't think we're called to any particular place without yeah. a purpose. Yeah. We're meant to be there for a reason. And, and maybe it's a, a minor reason and maybe it's really significant and we haven't discovered it yet. Mm-hmm. But there's all there's a reason we're all here. There's a reason we're in the place we are now, and the idea of plant where you, uh, grow where you're planted, yeah, is I think key because <laughs> I think too many of us think, oh, if I only had this, if I only had this, yeah, well, I we, can't do it now. But once I accomplish yeah. this or move to yeah. this, I it, can. Once I'm thin, I'll be happy. Once yeah. I'm rich, I'll be happy. And I think that breeds a lot of the anxiety and depression that we suffer is because we're living somewhere else. We're not we're living, waiting. Yeah. We're, we're waiting. waiting to become we're delaying. We're delaying that happiness. And that's not what we need to do. We can be happy right now. Yeah. Even, you know, this, then this one's a hard one because I think happiness being so subjective, again, if you're focusing on fulfillment, if you're focusing on living that life, you know, you're meant to live, or maybe you don't know yet. Maybe you're just figuring it out, but Every day doing something that fulfills you, that makes you feel like, ah, that was really cool. I want to do that again. Or all, you know, instead of focusing on like, well, I have to go to work, so I have to pay the bills, you know? Yeah. And And we spend a lot too much time doing that. Yeah. Just working to live. And adjusting your mindset to see what brings you fulfillment, not Mm -hmm. happiness Mm -hmm. necessarily, but fulfillment, what gives you purpose in what you do, what leaves you feeling energized after you do it or after you talk to them, mm-hmm. whoever, however you're thinking of this. And knowing that it's a cliche, but it's not <laughs> the destination, it's the, the journey, journey. Because it you is. never arrive until you're dead. <laughs> so, <laughs> even then, are we really dead? Like, yeah, we don't we really yet. arrive. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> so, that, I know that's great. I love that because it, it's. It's such a hard thing to live every day thinking that working so hard for no real result. Yeah. You know, we, we're not meant to work ourselves into debt. We're not meant to work ourselves to death. Yeah. You know, we're meant to live life. And if, if you practice the craft, then you know nature is integral to, to that. So when you start focusing on nature and watching nature – like you don't see the birds stomping around collecting their seeds and building their nests. No, they're actually pretty cheerful about it. They're yeah. chirping. I mean, yeah, they go after each other and, and you know, they can <laughs> get pretty brutal with one another. But <laughs> when territories, you know, wars come out. But for the most part, like they're flashing their beautiful feathers and they're finding their mate and they're vigorous about it. They're 
ambitious about it. They're not just going through the motions. Yeah. It's a uniquely human reaction really to is. go yeah. through the motions. Yeah. Like you think about even, I don't know. I've, I've watched um, in San Diego where I used to live, we would go to the wild animal park all the time and they have this huge elephant enclosure. Oh, and, I love elephants. Oh, they're so amazing. And like watching them, I mean, these are elephants, they're trapped, right? Yeah. They don't get to roam the Serengeti like they are intended to. And they're, for whatever reason, they're in this enclosure, whether they're injured or whatever circumstance, they're born there, whatever. But you still don't see them moping about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're still developing their relationships with one another. They're still playing in the water. They're still slinging their food around. They're still caring for their young and they're still doing it joyfully. They're growing where they're planted. Right. And I think we make it too complicated as humans. We make yeah. things too complicated. And we think that, well, if it's not perfect, then it's not done right. But that's not true. Sometimes done well is better than done perfect. Yeah. And done is better than not done at all. Absolutely. Absolutely. So in, in managing stress, anxiety, and depression, I think that mindset shift is really what needs to happen. Yeah. And, you know, you can get there many ways. Um, I am certified as a Utsui Reiki master and a Celtic Reiki master. So I find Reiki is another good way to kind of just cleanse out that energy and talk about the energy body, getting ourselves in a position where we're more whole and holistic and, and, we're just better caring for ourselves and better caring for our energy. And you know, Reiki typically is, is thought of as a therapy for the body, but it's also a therapy for the energy body. And when we work on the whole, the, and that is what holistic means. It means work on the whole. So from food to exercise, to energy, to spirit, to our connection with the divine, it is that whole parameter that we need to focus on. And yeah. It can be overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. Um, and in just a segue into that, taking care of the whole, it also means, you know, seeking that mental health professional when you need them. Yeah. Um, I think there's too much of a stigma on mental health where people steer away from it. Yeah. And I know I'm getting a little serious here, but it is serious because too many of us, need either just someone to talk to mm -hmm. that's not bias yeah. to your situation <laughs> objective and yeah. listening actively active listening that can help you and it doesn't mean you have to take medication but if they recommend it maybe you should and i i i'm an advocate for mental health therapy absolutely i see a therapist and she's a she's a psychotherapist and a, a celtic shaman so She's unique in that she shares my beliefs. Which is probably unique. helpful. Yeah, yeah. that's that, awesome. It's hard to find, but they're out there. We do have people out there who are pagan-friendly, witchcraft-friendly, shamanic-friendly, who also are highly trained holding degrees in these technical sciences. And I think there's this like tunnel vision that happens when we seek out just somebody to talk to. Mm -hmm. You know, and... I don't see her because I feel like I have a mental disorder. I see her because, you know what? I want a bigger picture. Yeah. I want a better understanding of why do I do this? Yeah. Why can't I do this? Why do I have such a resistance here? You know, continuing that shadow work, continuing that mental health and that, that personal health. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that knowing your limits and knowing when it's okay to look for help, which is always, mm -hmm. and <laughs> knowing that it's time to take that step is important, but that doesn't mean that you can't alongside of professional care still in some ways treat the symptoms yeah. because a lot of what we feel in depression or anxiety, when we get the trigger of, uh Oh, I'm depressed mm -hmm. or, Oh, this is too much anxiety for me. It's something we feel. Yeah. And there's a lot of ways that we can mitigate that ourselves. Like we said, with breathing meditation, mm -hmm. but also with what we eat. Oh yeah. With what teas we drink. Tea is magical. I, I can't magical is the only word. It, it really is. <laughs> now you're sitting and, here surrounded by it right now. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and it's instantly calming. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it always hydrates you. So that instantly will be good for your body. Yeah. Science of the teas themselves yeah. aside. 
and knowing that it's okay to treat the symptoms, that it's okay to do something small, whether that's finally getting the shower you've needed all week mm. or making your favorite food even when it's unhealthy for you, like some pizza rolls. <laughs> it's it. important and it's healthy to do. Yeah. <laughs> tachos. Those are my like oh, favorite. Oh, I got to try that. Yeah. Oh, we're getting new food here. <laughs> <laughs> tachos and your favorite TV show for the fifth time, oh, you know, yeah, that's yeah. – <laughs> treat those symptoms I alongside it. it. Do the little things. And that's okay, you know. And if you are not focused solely on the symptoms, but getting yourself to a point where you can back off the symptom enough so that yeah. you can treat the bigger problem. That's Absolutely. what it's about. You yeah. know, that's why you see the therapist. That's why you take the medication so that you can use this tandem – balancing act is really what it is. It's a balance. Yes. Yeah. Cause you can't only work on yourself 40 minutes a week with the therapist. You have yeah. to do the interim work. Yeah, you do journaling, uh, taking a walk, you know, we we're talking about the, the whole self-awareness thing, but you know, there's activities you can do that bring you self-awareness, you know, from journaling to taking a walk with yourself, being alone with yourself. Don't be afraid to be alone with yourself. Yeah. Learn how to love being alone yes. with yourself. You're oh your God, best friend. If I, if I, I don't have my alone time, I am a mess. <laughs> I love my alone time. Yeah. And that's something that you will get from shadow work is Absolutely. a comfort with yourself that yes. you didn't know you could have. It's this, yes. it's a comfort mm -hmm. of knowing yourself and being able to hang out with yourself. Yeah. And, and make it a ritual. Make it something you do regularly. And, you know, and there's a difference between ritual and ceremony. I think of rituals yeah. as kind of something that you just do every day. Yeah. You just do it and you've done it. You know, it means going to your can to your candles, to your altar and lighting a candle <laughs> with a specific purpose. Or, you know, compared to a ceremony where you plan a little bit more for it, where mm -hmm. you... Maybe there's other people with you. Other people with you. Or you collect extra items. Or you only do that ceremony for this purpose. You reserve the whole day for that ceremony. Right. Those are usually right. on the calendar for me. Yeah. Literally as an Esbit yeah. or a Sabbath. Yeah, exactly. And and I know we tend to use those interchangeably, but for me, that's that's how I de de define them. I like that. That's helpful. And, you know, spell work can be either a ceremony or a ritual. Yeah. You know, there there is spell work I do every single day. But then I might take a different spin on the same um, magic, but make it in, turn it into a ceremony where it takes me a little bit longer. That you know, I spend the day in the woods, you know, dancing around like a lunatic. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I think we talked about a lot of important stuff here, and of course, we only scratched the surface. Yeah. Your personal practice will look different than maybe anything yeah. we said here. And that's okay. And I think that's okay. So I'm going to touch on that a little bit because we're going back to that idea that we have to look like everyone else. Mm -hmm. We don't have to practice like everyone else either. Yeah. And it's really difficult. I think when we start comparing ourselves thinking that, Oh, well, so-and-so does this two hour ritual every week and I have to do the same. No, you don't. <laughs> yeah. I have to do every full moon, every new moon, every Sabbath. No, it's a good goal. But if you miss yeah. one, that doesn't mean you have to skip the rest because you already messed up your streak. Right. Right. It's like uh, blowing your diet and then not going back on it the next day yeah. or whatever. You know, there's so many an uh, analogies we can use for that, but it, don't prevent yourself from practicing because you think you have to look, act, and be like someone else. Live your life and practice your craft according to your terms and conditions. Yeah. Because there are That's no... That's a good way to say it. <laughs> there are no terms and conditions. We have no dogma. We have no... I mean, the, uh, we have the Wiccan read, but that only applies to people who practice Wicca. Yeah, it's a choice. It's a choice. And if the Wiccan read is what you want to formulate your life out of even in the read it doesn't say well thou shalt you know yeah we don't have any thou shalt <laughs> no. in witchcraft <laughs> you know the only thing you know harm harm none yeah and i think that's a good rule but don't think that you have to take that to the extreme you know yes don't willfully go out and harm people but at the same time by simply living you're harming so yeah. don't think of it as like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm such a bad person because I stepped on a blade of grass and my ritual is ruined. <laughs> I bought almond milk and it took a gallon to make each almond and a gallon of almond milk took 600,000 pounds of almonds. Oh, my God, I'm ruining the world. You know, it, we, you know, being humid, human, human, <laughs> being human, you know, is going to have some sort of 
repercussion in the environment and in, in our world. Yeah. But we can balance that. We don't have to be psycho about it and put so many pressures on ourselves to make be us... Be forgiving of yourself. Yeah, forgive yourself and, and do better tomorrow. Or, yeah. you know, do your research and find out more. Um, and it leads into those those seeds of doubt that get stuck in our head. Mm-hmm. Um, Am I a real witch? Yes. What is that? <laughs> Should I call myself a witch? Yeah. Should I find a different word? Oh, I'm just spiritual. Yeah. We all go through, whether it's 10 years long or two <laughs> minutes long, we go through that labeling crisis. Yes. And sometimes I find myself trying not to use the mm-hmm. W word because I think people will judge me or roll yes. their eyes internally yes. or out externally. Yeah. And maybe we want to call ourselves spiritual. Maybe you want to call yourself pagan. Yeah. Maybe you prefer shaman. heathen. Yeah. Shaman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, I, and I've come to learn in my shadow work, in my journey, is that no matter what the hell you do, somebody's <laughs> going to judge you. Yeah. No matter where you go, no matter what you do, it, witches judge other witches, which I find atrocious. But yeah. somebody's going to judge you somewhere. So what's, Just like when you post that selfie or yes, somebody, tag the location you're in. Right. Somebody is going to have something negative to say. But you know what? That's not your problem. That's yep. their problem. And that's bringing it all together, why it's so important to know yourself. Because exactly. then you can turn to yourself and say, can you believe those guys? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Self, we're, we know what we're doing. We're, we got this. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, in shutting down that inner mean girl in that aspect. and Or... or um, Thinking about, like, the volume of knowledge in witchcraft. Yeah. There is so much. Oh, my God. I have been practicing 25 plus. I'm dating myself. 25 <laughs> plus years. <laughs> I, I started, like, actively practicing in 1996. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's been a long time. And even looking at where I'm at now from where I was, I've learned a lot. But looking ahead, I have so much more to learn. There's so many things I don't understand. Absolutely. And And you'll feel that way for as long as you need to. We have lifetimes, plural, of knowledge to incorporate into whatever we want to incorporate. So take it one day at a time. Take it one subject at a time. Don't feel like you have to know everything. And I think that's a big, huge issue. Yeah. Get started. Then learn things. You don't have to wait till you know everything. You don't have to know everything to start practicing. All you have to do is just have a deep reference, have a purpose, have a, a, an idea of what you want to get out of it yeah. or what you're, and then put into it what you want to get out of it. Because the one thing I have learned about witchcraft is you only get out of it what you put in. Yeah. So if you're- Your intent, mm-hmm. your mindfulness of yourself going in and what you want out of it, your intent. Yeah. Those yeah. are the two things that make up witchcraft. Yeah. All and- the other things, the chakra, the- Techniques to learn, the training you do. It's all just adding the padding of that. It is. And it does, it helps you develop a greater understanding of the whole. Yeah. But really, what it boils down to is the greater understanding is that none of it matters. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not to deter, I don't want to deter anybody because coming to that that individual realization of, of the universe and magic and how everything works, it, what really matters is how you feel every single day. What really matters is, is how you feel in relation to your guides, to your ancestors, to your deities. Mm-hmm. If your relationships aren't right, and especially the relationship with you, yourself, yeah, are not right, then you're never going to feel balanced and whole and ready to move on. You're always going to mm-hmm. have that inner mean girl whispering in your ear all yeah. those horrible, horrible things that she says. So don't think that you have to know everything right away. Yeah. One day at a time, one book at a time. One herb at a time. One herb, yes. Pick just lavender, stick with lavender for as long as you need Study to. Study it for a week. And this yep. is this is what I do. So um, I have two diplomas as a master herbalist, but I'm also taking an evolutionary herbalist program that is a vitalist. It's clinical herbalism, basically. Cool. So what our teacher has us do, take one herb one week and work with that herb. You drink it, you smell it, you cook with it, you bathe in it, you wallow in it, you Incense burn it. it. Yes. <laughs> you work with that herb. You try and get every aspect of that herb into your mind, into your body, see how it affects you. See, you know, like um, valerian's a great option. You, great for sleep. But some people who take valerian feel hungover the next morning. They can't take it. So maybe chamomile's better for them. You won't know that unless you're incorporating that into your life. So 
you know, maybe you're learning tarot. Take one card. Stick with that card for that week. Maybe you're learning ruins. Maybe you're learning um, Akashic Records. Any of that. All that obscure stuff that has so much knowledge and so many generations of knowledge attached to it. Yeah. You've got lifetimes of knowledge there to to connect with. So Mm -hmm. one day at a time, one thing at a time. Don't overdo it. Yeah. And I think that that actually helps me from a kitchen witch perspective. I think that helps me come to terms with learning and incorporating because you don't learn to cook just by hopping in the kitchen, slapping a pan down and going. Mm -hmm. You need to learn the different techniques. So you learn one at a time. You know, you sit with your mom or you sit with your grandmother or you sit with a YouTube video. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Take a class. You do something over time with the people who have the knowledge and you learn to cook. Yeah. I think that's an important thing to remember. And we don't call witchcraft just witchcraft. We call it practicing witchcraft because it's better every time you do it because the creator's curse almost where you look back at things you've done and you're like oh that wasn't what i thought i was doing and then you look forward at things you want to do and you're like i don't know if i can handle those and then you're in the middle so you have to decide when it's time to move on and like we said in the beginning it's okay to be embarrassed at your past because that means you're growing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so having those that respect for yourself to know that you're growing and moving through the new changes and your your craft is practice yes so be so forgiving with yourself mm-hmm. on your journey. It's your journey. It's your pace. And every day, do something every yes. single day. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be grand. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be elaborate. I And I'm a firm believer that the simplest rituals, the simplest ceremonies, the simplest shows and expressions of faith, yeah. of, of magic, are the best. They're mm-hmm. the most effective. Because you're not focused so hard on, oh, did I do that right? Yep. Oh, I missed that step. Oh, I missed that. I, I, I didn't pick up my candle in time or I didn't light mm-hmm. it the right way. Or You're not focused on the how-to. You just do it. You just mm-hmm. sink in and do it. It's more pure. Mm. Actually, my favorite daily ritual is when I have to commute. <laughs> if I'm in my car, I actually found a Hamsa, an evil eye charm, on the ground huh. my first day at my current job wow. four years ago. So I picked that up. And I tied it with a string that I also happened to have found a few weeks prior. It really worked out for me. And I just hung it in my car. So now whenever I'm driving and heading out in my day, I have it hanging right in front of my mirror. So I'll just kind of touch that real quick. And I'll say a moment of gratitude. Very good. And gratitude is, for me, my grounding practice. Mm. Almost everybody has a grounding daily ritual, daily thing Mm -hmm. they do. For me, it's gratitude. If I don't have a chance to delve into gratitude deeply in a journal entry, I know that I've at least yeah, had that moment absolutely. in my car for yeah. 30 seconds at a stoplight. Yeah. I don't close my eyes or anything, I no, promise. No, but, I'm driving, but I'm thinking. But it doesn't take long. It yeah. just takes 30 seconds and you're good. I'm meditating on that gratitude, and mm-hmm. that propels me towards my day, and I have that base nice. of, glad I have this in my life. Yeah, yeah, and and gratitude is such a huge thing. And and you were talking about like romanticizing those little things. Yeah. Really Make love to them. I don't Yeah. <laughs> it seems weird to say, doesn't it? <laughs> but really, like, make them a part of, like, a passion for you. Yeah. You know, I love coming in here every morning and lighting my candles. I'm like, ooh, this candle's for this and this candle's for that. Like, I get yeah. excited about it. And it's yes. such a stupid little simple thing, but. <laughs> yeah, and indulge that excitement. Your inner child needs it. Yes, inner child. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long road connecting back with my inner child. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There you have it. There's some good options for you, some ideas, some suggestions, and some perspective, I hope, and inspiration so that you can, you know, recognize when you maybe are slipping into a depressed state or anxiety, stress, Mm -hmm. when it starts to overwhelm you, that you can take some initiative. How to move back out of that Mm -hmm. spiral or stop the spiral. Yeah. And just like with exercise, you'll get stronger every time you Work do that, that muscle. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if you have any questions about this episode or future episodes, I will have a link on my menu, uh, themagickitchen.com, where you can contact me and Elise. And we will answer your questions. And you never know, your question or your comment or your suggestion might end up being another episode. Merry meet.
Mary part and Mary, and Mary meet, meet again. again. Blessed, Blessed be. be. Thank you for joining me in this episode. Please visit my website, leandrawitchwood.com, to sign up for my newsletter and stay up to date on new episodes, articles, and more. Blessed be.